You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice Podcast. This is episode 75, Thriving in a Time of Turmoil and Transformation with Heidi Champney. My name is Jillian Faldmo, and I am the business and life coach for sound and energy medicine practitioners who want to turn their practices into aligned careers that point toward freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment. This is Grow a Thriving Practice Podcast. Hello, how are you today? I hope you're doing well. Last night, I had the opportunity to interview biofield tuning practitioner Heidi Champney. And I thought that I'd have her on the show because she is an example of what's possible. She has been tuning since 2015, and she's been a sound healer long before that. And in this episode, um, Heidi shares her journey of how she has, each step of the way, had to step into her identity as a healer. And it's super inspiring. Um, I'm not going to spoiler alert anymore. Uh, You'll just have to listen. But before we get into that, I just want to um, wish you all the happiest new year. I think I did that in the last episode. I can't remember. To get your year started on the right foot, I have a planner that I created for my coaching clients, but it's available to you. If you want um, time management on your side and you want to make the most out of your week and have a balanced week and feel really clear about what you're doing, um, go to jillianfaldmo.com and then click on more resources. There is the Grow a Thriving Practice Planner available to you. It's only $24. And um, everybody that's been using it so far has said that they have felt way more organized and productive. So go ahead and check it out. And I wish you happy time management in this next year. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Heidi. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you, Jillian. It's such an honor to be here with you. I really appreciate your invitation. Yeah. And I look forward to our chat. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think that this conversation is going to provide some inspiration to those who are, you know, wherever anybody is in their practice, because You've been trained in biofield tuning since 2015. So you've had quite a journey with this modality and you've been in sound healing for even longer than that. So you've had kind of all the experiences. Yeah. Yeah. You might say so. (laughs) Um, And you mentioned I've been certified since 2015. And one of the things I find so interesting about biofield tuning is it's still an evolving practice. So the practice, Eileen and other practitioners continue to discover new things and that changes the way it's practiced and the way it's taught. And that uh, just really encourages me to be adventurous and open-minded also about how, how the practice plays through my life. I love that. Yeah. So you start, you actually trained with Eileen herself. And yeah, at that time, I don't even me. think that we were doing the earth star and sun star, right? 
Um, Earth Star and Sun Star had happened, but that not certainly not when I took my first level of training. They weren't oh. around yet. They were there, but like that. Uh, <laughs> I always noticed that little. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The uh, pictorial representation of the biofield tuning map that she sells, at least the original one she had made have the earth star, but not the sun star pictured. Mm -hmm. So it mm -hmm. represents a certain point of in time of how the practice had evolved. Uh, I always get a kick out of that and sort of want to yeah. be able to draw the sun star on there, except it's laminated. So. Yeah, <laughs> it would be really fun to see all the maps over time just next to each other and how they've evolved. Yeah. Yeah, but the, let's see, um, trying to think what wasn't around, but I don't think she had really developed the whole protocol of starting with Earth Star and Sun Star, that, that was evolving, certainly, mm -hmm. at the time I trained, and, yeah. and even the specific forks that she sells and that she recommends. I mean, at the time I was training, she was like, yeah, go buy some forks. Just go go with what speaks to you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, totally different now. Yeah. Right? Now she's like invented her own forks. So why don't we do a, why don't you give us an official introduction to you, Heidi? Um, and, you know, who are you? Uh, what's your experience been with um, sound healing in general? How you how did you get here? Well, I I guess who I am. I'm a sound healer and a biofield tuner who's just really excited about helping people connect with vibrational reality and with the. Uh, amazing capacity for self-healing that we discover when we engage with that level of reality. And I also, also in my background, way back when I was in college, I was a physics major. So I also have that scientific background. I didn't know that. And I just love thinking about the physics concept of uh, that you might start with Einstein's equation, E equals MC squared, that, that says there's this kind of equivalency to matter and energy, but then there's Heisenberg's uncertainty principle that says things will respond differently according to whether you're observing them as a particle or observing them as a wave. Mm. And I think there's a metaphorical aspect to that very physical concept, which is when you interact with reality from a vibrational perspective, it, it opens up a whole different worldview, mindset, and possibilities than when you're interacting with human experience as something physical, chemical, um, and material. Yeah. I didn't know and, that about you, Heidi, that you had that background and that kind of experience. Oh, yeah. 
and, and I guess it was actually a physics professor who first encouraged Eileen to explore the possibility of doing biofield tuning at a distance. Uh, that was really just emerging mm -hmm. at the time I completed my training, I think, uh, doing working at a distance and very quickly uh, also seeing how that also means you can work with groups all at once. Uh, that all evolved after I completed my training, but it's been really fascinating to just to witness it evolving and to be a part of that evolution. Yeah. So what, what did you think about that when that was initially being introduced, you know, the distance work? Well, I think more than anything, it piqued my curiosity. I, I already had a, a deep trust in Eileen. I mean, I got involved early enough that I was actually one of her personal clients for a while until she got too busy to be doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so I already had a really deep trust in her. And I think initially she tried some things and just in, offered free activities that gave her a chance to test out the theory of how this whole group thing worked. So I was a part of some of those and just really curious about it. And uh, yeah, and it has, it really opened some new person uh, possibilities for me initially as a client, because as a biofield tuner, of course, you want to be receiving tuning also. But initially it was like, well, there's nobody else right, right in this area. I would have to drive a good hour to meet with someone else. Uh, I didn't do it very often, but um, immediately, as soon as the possibility of doing at a distance arose, I realized that that made trading with other practitioners a much more viable option. And then just my own personal experience with it. I mean, I think initially I thought like a lot of people do that they would prefer to meet in person and that sort of human connection with the practitioner is always a really important part of healing. But what I discovered as a recipient, as well as a practitioner of distance sessions was that the connection felt really real and deep, even when we weren't in the same room together. And that the work itself felt just as powerful. And in fact, for me, I think it's sometimes even more powerful uh, receiving at a distance. Somehow I'm not as distracted by the material, physical, personal relationship in the room. And I can be really more available for receiving the, the subtle uh, energies and sensations of receiving a tuning uh, session. And then, of course, when pandemic rolled in, it became much more important as part of uh, my practice. I stopped offering uh, in-person sessions and went all remote. And it just felt like a real gift that I worked in a modality that, that made that possible. Yeah, and I want to skip forward. My brain is wanting to skip forward so bad to talk about what you created. Okay. the whole pandemic experience, but we're going to get to that. 
Um, yeah. But stay tuned. It's very interesting. Um, yeah. So just a little bit more about your story, Heidi. You mentioned you were studying physics. Um, what led you to sound here? Like what kind of world were you in before when you were studying physics? Well, I was at Oberlin College when I was studying physics. And as many people know, Oberlin College is a really rigorous academic school, but it also has a really uh, world-class professional music conservatory. And that's one of the reasons I was drawn to Oberlin because I'm also a musician. I play the violin, I sing. And, and I also just have always been a person with a lot of wide-ranging interests and perhaps partly because of that I, I really struggled as an adult to identify what what I felt most called to I think I could have gone in a lot of different directions I I basically knew I wanted to save the world <laughs> who doesn't when they're mm -hmm. 20 you know <laughs> and so initially I thought well physics I mean I <laughs> It's funny, I've always been good at math, but not particularly interested in math. I think I liked physics because I was able to use my math skills in a way that made sense in the world. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's what I love about physics, just having that background, that it is a way of making sense of the world in, in one way. And it was, it was actually shortly after I graduated that popular physics books like the Tao of Physics and the Dancing Wooly Masters. I don't know if you might remember those or have read them, but they, they were the first kind of mainstream books that started exploring the connection between physics and metaphysics and uh, the spiritual world. Wow. And I love that about physics. I, I never really did anything with my physics degree. I got into other things, but the love of music has always stayed with me. And in my 30s or late 20s and early 30s, I spent a couple of summers working on the summer staff at the Omega Institute of Holistic Studies. And <clears throat> working on the summer staff at a place like that is just a way to get a lot of exposure to people who are interested in spirit and energy and healing. and it was at that time that I finally started to get the idea that my musical skills could be used for for helping people heal, that maybe there was a connection there that I, and that maybe my calling had something to do with that. And I think it was hard for me to really figure out and settle into it, partly because it was that idea of sound healing was so far from the mainstream at that time. I mean, it still is not really in the mainstream, but it's a little bit more, there's a little bit more aware, general awareness mm -hmm. about the fact that it exists today. I think that there was at that time. It's like, I, I didn't have any models or role models or examples to show me what I might want to be pursuing. I sort of had to figure it out by myself and after my experience at Omega, I did create a, a little uh, class that I offered in the community. I called it Singing the Spirit Home. Mm. And it was sort of connecting with your singing voice as 
a way you could work with energy and become more conscious of uh, the, what I would now call the vibrational reality, what I was then referring to as energy. And, you know, it was something I did on the side. It was fun. And a few people took it and really liked it. It never really took off. I never had more than like four people in a class, but mm. I was doing that for a while. But and then there were a number of years I, I think I might have had had the thought from time to time, you know, I think maybe I'm really a sound healer, but I couldn't quite imagine what would my parents think. You know? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so it really took me quite a while. And it wasn't until I was in my mid 40s and kind of at a transition point in my life that I decided, okay, I, I think I've figured out what I want to do <laughs> when I grow up and I think it's worth be a sound healer. How do I pursue that? And, and I started here, I had actually read an article about Eileen's work with the tuning forks. She had had, there had been a, actually a lovely article written about her and her work in Seven Days, which is the local weekly alternative rag in this part of the world. And I was kind of intrigued by it, but it was probably like two years after I read the article that I finally got in touch with Eileen. And I said, you know, I'm interested in your practice. And I'm, I told her right up front, I'm interested partly because I think I might be interested in learning how to do it, but I'm also just curious to check it out. And, mm -hmm. And it was actually she who told me about uh, a sound healing program offered in Vermont by a guy named Zakaya Blackburn. And mm -hmm. I studied with Zakaya for a couple of years, got a lot of exposure to various different ways of using sound and healing. And that, that class, it was one of these deals where we would get together three or four times a year for a long weekend. That was the training program. And it was a really special, time because it was really the first time in my life I had a group of people I came together with on a regular basis who all acknowledged the reality of sound healing and the power of it and that was really I think formative for me and helping me to really embrace it myself um, but it even though I, I do feel like sound healing is my greatest calling I, it still is not my main form of income. It's always been something that I do kind of on the side of whatever else I'm doing and what else I'm doing. I spent many years working in the community mental health, working with adults with mental illness, which felt like doing healing work. So it's yeah. kind of good for a while, but it's over time, it does get to be a bit draining um and I, I and so I followed my love of the plants and I I now have a in the summertime the summer half of the it's about six and a half months of the year in Vermont is the gardening season I have uh, my own business maintaining people's perennial gardens but that's like half the year but when pandemic rolled in I really felt so strongly called to step more fully into my healer self and that's really been my focus for the last few years so even though I've had a kind of a 
<clears throat> sound, uh, well, biofield tuning and other ways of working with sound business on the side for many years. Now, over the last couple of years or so, I've really started to focus on uh, building that up to something that is more significant part of how I'm spending my time and what's supporting me in living. Yes. And I have been witnessing part of that and you have been evolving and okay. I'm, I want you to, now you can start talking about <laughs> what happened during the pandemic that inspired you to um, do what you're doing now. Well, I think it was a, a lot of things, but uh, the story I'd love to focus on was how early on in the pandemic, I, I did what I think a lot of people who have healing skills when there's something they're aware of that is a challenge to humans in the world, they think to themselves, huh, I wonder if there's some way I could use my healing modality to have some effect on this world situation, whether it's a, you know, a hurricane threatening some part of the world or whatever it is. Um, and so I thought to myself, well, maybe I can interact with the essence of kind of the, <laughs> the coronavirus race, as you might say, that's what we were calling it at that time, coronavirus. Um, and see if they're interested in, in a biofield tuning adjustment. So when you say they, it's the coronavirus race, tell us more about that. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, you know, in various forms of indigenous spirituality, you might have people have like a spirit guide is their spirit animal is lion or whatever it is and it's not necessarily one particular individual lion it's like the the essence of the nature of that being and I, I think on the vibrational realm all uh, species have a kind of vibrational essence mm -hmm. so that was my intention was to connect with that vibrational essence that is coronavirus or what we're now calling SARS-CoV-2 mm -hmm. um, and so but I had to really think about it because I thought to myself you know as a healer I can't come towards coronavirus with an oppositional attitude that's just not going to work mm -hmm. <laughs> so how can I approach that and figuring out how to approach that I was really drawn on my background I was born and raised into a Quaker family the Quakerism goes way back in my mother's line to the Quakers who first came over from Europe to settle Pennsylvania I have a, <laughs> a forebear on my mother's from my mother's line who was on the same boat William Penn was when they came over to this country wow. And the Quakers have a long history of nonviolence and being against the war. And uh, so I was kind of really drawing on the way Quakers think about how do you interact with someone who's been deemed an, en an enemy. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, well, 
here we are in the community of the world and this new being has come into our neighborhood and we call it coronavirus and we're all feeling a little threatened and scared but what if I just approached this new being and said welcome I'm, I'm here as a representative of my people the humans and I just want to say welcome to the neighborhood and I, I hope we can learn to get along peacefully and mm -hmm. mutually beneficially and I'm a biofield tuner and I was wondering if you might be interested in a tuning so I just sort of said that in my mind and then I started hearing a response in my mind and uh, it, it, I wouldn't say it was exactly like I heard a voice it was more like thoughts arose in my mind that seemed to be in response to the question I put out. And what I heard was, well, um, I'd love a tuning, thank you. And uh, I identify as female and I like to be called Queen Corona. And I could be a valuable, uh, trying to think of the word, <laughs> I do lose words from time to time. I could be a valuable resource for you and ally for you if I'm approached with the right level of respect. Hmm. And I was just like, huh. And I got out my tuning forks and I kind of experimented with it. And it was what I was doing with the forks was very different from any other biofield tuning I've ever experienced. And I would say I was really just kind of touching base with Queen Corona. And Queen Corona seemed to be presenting as a being who was presenting as a point source, not a body, but a point source. And I've kind of moved my fork to that point. I can't remember exactly what I did, but it was just kind of kind of like how you might see a couple cats sniffing each other when they're getting to know each other or, or mm. animals, you know, touching antennae or however. <laughs> it sort of felt like that. Interesting. And when you say point source, do you mean like, like just a one focal point that you yeah, would one encounter? Point. Okay. It's sort of a scientific term for a single point. Gotcha. Um, and it, it was kind of an interesting experience. And a few days later, I, I was still thinking along the lines of how, how might I use biofield tuning to help the situation here? So I thought, well, in biofield tuning, we sometimes do a relationship session between two people. I've never heard of doing a relationship session between groups, but maybe I could tune the relationship between coronavirus and the human race. And I just was like, huh, maybe I'll try that. <laughs> so I used my intention to put the human race on my table and I did a session and I don't really remember what it was but some material came through and I just sort of decided I was going to do that once a week I was going to do that every week and after a time or two I, I realized that I, I could put the group of humans on the table but I could also put specifically myself on the table, kind of as a representative of humans. 
Mm-hmm. And then I thought, and if I can put myself on the table, maybe there's some other people who would like to receive this too. So I reached out to anyone I could think of who had received the session from me at some time or another to ask them if they'd like to be part of this experiment. And I had, I don't know, 10 or 15 or 20 people who said yes. So every week I would do the session and then I would just send out an email to everyone who, who had said they wanted to receive it, describing what happened and inviting them to just sort of take a few meditative moments to consciously receive the session which comes back to another thing I love about biofield tuning is there are just so many ways to receive it and it's all around intention. It's like mm-hmm. if you have the intention to receive a session, then you receive it. And that's true whether you're receiving at the moment I'm doing it or whether you're receiving an email or whether you're receiving a recording of me doing the session or, or what. Um, it seems to hold its power over so many different ways of communicating the session. It's just really fascinating to me. So over time, as I was doing these weekly sessions, I, I started just sort of shifting how my mind was perceiving it because I was finding that useful information was often coming through that I didn't feel like I was generating myself. So it it really did feel like I was starting to turn to Queen Corona as a guide and she was offering guidance for how to navigate this tricky time. And it wasn't just coronavirus going on in 2020. You may remember there was George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and, uh, the 2020 elections and probably some fires in California, just all kinds of intensity going on. And often the session would seem to be very specifically responding to the specifics of the situation at the time. And I would say for me, it's one of the things that really, really helped me navigate that first year of the pandemic with while holding on to a great deal of light and buoyancy. And uh, I mean, we were all affected in some limiting ways by the pandemic, but um, for me, it, uh, it really felt like we were being called to, to, to stay open to what is possible under these new circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, sort of one of the many forms of guidance that came through that were just really useful from Queen Corona and Queen Corona. I I started getting a stronger and stronger sense of her as essentially being an avatar of Mother Earth, who's here to bring greater balance uh, on a sort of global and cosmic scale. And that's not to deny the incredible challenges and difficulties and grief and loss that many individual people and lives have experienced as a result of the presence of coronavirus in our midst, but she's not really operating on that scale. She's operating on a much greater scale 
And I do think her guidance helps us to be more in alignment with what's, what's balance and what's light on the sort of global and cosmic scale. And I really yeah. think that's where we need to be heading. So yeah. I, I <laughs> having grown up with kind of a strong scientific and intellectual background, I, I find it challenging to even admit to myself that I have a guide, you know, <laughs> but, and it, it's possible, I even say to myself, it could just be kind of a mind trick, a way, a story I'm telling myself, but, but it, what is definitely true is telling myself this story and interacting with it as if this were a true ent entity who is my guide does open a doorway for some kind of guidance to come through. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't really make a judgment about what's actually true. I just say, well, this You're works. It's like, hey, it's working. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Yeah. So, so how I long did you do the Queen Corona sessions? I'm sorry. Yeah. How long did you do the Queen Corona sessions for? I think it was about a year that I did them. And at some point, it just sort of felt like, I don't know, time to let it go, time to move on. So I did let, I stopped doing the weekly sessions, but I, then I kind of missed it. And then I, I thought to myself, well, you know, I could take this idea and make a product out of it. Uh, and, and then I thought to myself, you know, if I were offering a weekly group session, if I had a group of people receiving that session, that means I could charge little enough that it would really make regular biofield tuning accessible to people at any budget level. And mm. it's one of the things I, I struggle with, with things like biofield tuning and other alternative forms of healing that they tend to be accessible to people who have money, people who have knowledge, people who have exposure to the ideas, people who are open to it. And I've always grown up I grew up with not a lot of money I as a young adult I really thought it was uh, uh, like immoral to put earning money as your highest value so I, I really kind of resisted the whole idea of uh, trying to to earn a you know trying to get rich or even even have a sort of yeah. solid form of wealth but I'm single I've, I've been single all my life it's always been I whatever however I'm getting by it's what I create so mm -hmm. um although I've had to evolve my own relationship with earning money and i'd say that is still an ev an ongoing evolution i definitely have a sense of solidarity with people who don't have a lot of money and for example when i worked for the counseling service most of the clients i was working with people who have such severe mental illnesses that they're classified as disabled by their mental mm -hmm. illness most of them are that i knew anyway were living on a stipend of like $650 a month and a housing subsidy and a couple of housing subsidy and a couple of trips to the food shelf 
just to get by. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I know the reality of living without a lot of money. I've witnessed it firsthand and I've experienced something not much more solid than what I just described also. Yeah. So I really love the idea that I could offer this at a, at a really reasonable monthly cost. And if enough people sign up for it, it can still create a lovely income for me. So that's what I'm in the process of building now. I have this weekly tuning up and running. I call it thriving in a time of turmoil and transformation. And it's explicitly a weekly session that uh, is guided by Queen Corona and is designed to help us all uh, stay in touch with our, our light, our vibrancy, our flowing nature and our resiliency even when the times are troubling. And, and I like to say turmoil and transformation because I think it's these are such tumultuous times in part because there is this major transformation and shift happening in the evolution of the human experience here on earth i mean a lot of a lot of guided information from all over says that these times are about that and that the much of the difficulty we're experiencing is stuff bubbling up that's been kind of hidden under the surface that needs to needs to move out in order to clear out in order for the transformation to happen so uh so i think biofield tuning is a really important tool for helping us make that shift because i i do think part of the shifting consciousness is shifting from a material-based consciousness to a vibrational-based consciousness Mm. and biofield tuning it's explicit it takes you right there yeah that's amazing that people can experience this biofield tuning once a week for a very low monthly i don't think you mentioned the low monthly cost but it's 18 dollars a month right yeah that's what i'm asking that's 18 dollars a month and i would even be willing to have a sliding scale for people who are on really limited incomes because I know even $18 a month would be a stretch for some people but um, I think that just naming it as that makes it accessible to a lot of people who might think that biofield tuning wasn't really something they could even consider because of the expense yeah yeah so the people that have signed up for this so far what are they noticing like what's their feedback about the queen Look, they're Queen Corona guided sessions. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, I, I get some pretty regular thank you notes every week when I send out the session. And I, I've been doing it. Let's see. I, I think it, I think the uh, professional form got started in November. So it's only been a couple of months. I, I need to start asking for their feedback asking what are you noticing because I haven't really asked that question and people haven't held forth with it much but I would be very curious to hear what people are experiencing but I'm getting a lot of thank you notes so I think they're liking it 
Nice. What are uh, like some of the intentions of the sessions or do you set, do you have an intention or are you just kind of listen for what comes through? Um, I'm, I'm listening for what comes through. Sometimes uh, what comes through comes a little bit before the session, like the most recent session i do the sessions on wednesday generally so i just did one yesterday and on tuesday night i had a flash come through of information from queen corona and she was saying go inside start start from the inside out um so that was i brought that intention into the session it's like let's let's intend to transform from the inside out and I just sort of held that intention with the session and then just sort of asked the pendulum, like I usually do, <laughs> what the session wanted. And it ended up we did, I, I started the session, actually, this wasn't a pendulum question, but I just decided because the focus was on going inside, I decided to start with a little sound bath. Hmm. And so we, I did a little sound bath and then I took up the tuning forks and ended up doing a, a spine walk, which is just really is really relaxing, a deeply relaxing experience. And then I asked the pendulum again and, and the heart presented, the heart chakra. So we tuned the heart chakra. Um, and uh, let's see, the session before that was the first one of the new year. So I think I, I did bring in a an intention of new beginnings or something like that mm. um the, the guidance sometimes a really clear phrase comes through and then i'll share it with my clients and sometimes it's not so clear it's a little bit more subtle yeah um but like <laughs> i do remember uh the week that uh queen elizabeth died a few months ago when i was doing a session that my group session that week there was something about uh, just sort of a changing of the guard going mm, on, like a, interesting, a, yeah, a, a shift in the the structure of things happening that seemed to me to be related with that. Yeah. Uh, so that latest guidance, starting from the end, transforming from the inside out. How do you apply that to your life? Well, it's actually something Queen Corona has kind of been saying to me repeatedly since we moved into the winter season. And my the way I interpret it is um, in order to fully step into my healership, it, this means I not only have to build up a business, it also means I'm transforming my life. I'm really stepping into being the person that can sustain holding that presence. Hmm. And what Queen Corona, so I'm in, interpreting Queen Corona's guidance as like, create around you the home that really supports you and being the person you wanna be. <laughs> Stop worrying so much about business this and, and that create the whole and and I, I don't know I'm not quite sure about that it makes yeah. me a little nervous to just focus on redecorating the house when <laughs> I, I need to be building a business 
Um, but I'm I'm sort of trying to roll with it. And yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense because if it you're does make a certain kind of sense, yeah, yeah. like if you're taking taking a ton of action with your business and doing all these things for your business, but you're not aligned with what it is you like, what exactly it is you want to create. It's probably not going to work out the way you want it to. But when you step yeah. into that identity of like yeah. having the practice that you want and the business that you want, it makes, it makes the action easier. And then it creates, it creates what you want right or maybe yeah. it might look completely different than what you thought but it's aligned and it's abundant and in exactly flow. yeah so I don't think I've really said yet but in addition to biofield tuning I also have a, a strong passion for helping people connect with their singing voices I guess I did say that initially but I I am I still carry that desire and and until coronavirus came into the community I had a weekly group and a monthly group uh, that I was offering and uh, of course singing in groups of people became quite suspect as a possible uh, danger with coronavirus around so I had to really step back from that for a while but but my weekly practice has come back as an outdoor practice it's actually quite beautiful I love incorporating being in nature as we're singing we're basically just singing songs I, I have a great collection of songs that are short and easy to learn some of them are in English some of them are in other languages that kind of carry an intention of healing and prayerful goodness so we just come together we take a little bit of time to offer some intentions and prayers and to offer the intention that our singing is helping us to release what no longer serves and to open to the full flowering of our own light and radiance and then we sing while we're walking along a trail and we, we go oh, pretty slow. And we I stop wish I was in then. Vermont. So, yeah. <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> we even do it year round. Oh. Uh, we, I, we was just doing it today, actually. Um, and, and it's, it's lovely. Um, and uh, so I, I'm losing my train of thought here. I can't remember where I was going with that. That's okay. Now. We have a few minutes left. I would love to hear from you. What has been a challenge that you've needed to overcome to put this work out there? And then how did you overcome it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think I really quite anticipated when I decided that I wanted to focus on bringing in this weekly healing uh, this weekly biofield tuning option as and marketed as a product I don't think I really realized or anticipated how much that would require me to become more tech savvy and and willing to develop more tech savviness because you know I'm 62 I didn't grow up with computers I grew up with a quite a lot of resistance to computers <laughs> and really valuing the analog world over the virtual world for a long time but 
for a project like this, it really does seem to make sense to uh, use the virtual world both uh, to communicate the product to my, so what I do is I, I do a video recording, of, not a video recording, I do a sound recording of the session and I convert that to a YouTube video and, and then I send a link to my clients. So that's, that's how I do it. So I had to learn how to do all that. Mm -hmm. And I also still have to learn how to build a website to, to uh, administer this whole thing. I, right now I'm just all doing it by hand because I, I find that I do have a lot of internal resistance to that and I'm still wrestling with that. But in the meantime, I have learned how to make and edit YouTube videos and I'm starting to create more of an online presence by doing some Facebook Live. Uh, well, I'll back up to say that another thing I started doing during the pandemic, well, and I'll back up even farther to say another one of my passions is uh, kirtan chant, which is sacred chant from, of the Hindu tradition. And it's, it's a very old tradition. And a lot of the Eastern cultures, including Hinduism, incorporate the idea of energy in a way that Western reality doesn't acknowledge, but the Eastern cultures do. And uh, India in particular has a long, deep history of sound, the science of sound healing, um, which is one of the things that drew me to this uh, Sanskrit practice of chanting. Uh, and there's a particular chant, it's an ancient chant, it's taken from the oldest known written material from the Hindu tradition, the Rig Veda, and it's known as the Maha Mrityunjaya Mantra, which means great death conquering mantra. And mm. it's a mantra that is said to bring physical nourishment and uh, wellness and to ward off untimely death. So mm. that seemed like a chant that would make a lot of sense to focus on when coronavirus came into the into the neighborhood. So I started doing this chant once a week and the sacred number in Hindu thought is 108. So I do 108 repetitions of the chant once a week. I chose once a week because I, I knew myself well enough to say, I, I don't think I could do this every day, but I think I can do it once a week. Hmm. And it, it takes about an hour, when I first started doing it, it'd take about an hour and a half and I must be chanting a little faster because now it takes about an hour, but I've been doing that once a week since coronavirus came into the neighborhood. And recently I have started broadcasting that on Facebook Live when I do it every Sunday night at seven Eastern. Which is um, amazing because if, you know, with your, your resistance that you felt with technology to be able to do a Facebook live every week. That's huge. I just want to acknowledge it has, that. Yeah, that it has some been growth a big right stretch. there. And it has been a stretch and it has been a growth. And I, I would say that stretch and that growth is ongoing. And, and I think that mm -hmm. sort of 
also goes along with what Queen Corona is saying. It's like you really gotta gotta be walking the talk here. So adjust your person. Maybe that's your focus for the winter. I think there's also this seasonal thing of, I mean, winter is a time for deep reflection and kind of, and the new year is a time for rethinking how how you want to live your life. So just trying to honor those. And it's so counter to this kind of Western way of thinking of, you know, work hard and get ahead and whatever it is, trying to integrate it all. But yeah. that, uh, that is actually the thread I lost track of on an earlier story, but uh, the thread was coming back to how I really would like to build into my own life more regular sound practice, more regular checking in with guidance, and more regular holding the world in healing energy. Mm-hmm. And I do find that as I'm stating the intention of moving in that direction what comes up is a whole 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 lot of resistance (laughs) that i'm up against right now (laughs) i Mm. spend an awful lot of time just playing my little games on my computer avoiding (laughs) making Mm -hmm. that transition but step by step we're getting there (laughs) yeah so in coaching right when that resistance comes up it's because the the other side, like the, the new identity or that like future version of yourself is unknown and the unknown is uncomfortable. And so yeah. there's that part of us that wants to like stay in the comfortable, stay in the cozy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I even tell my clients that mm-hmm. early yeah, on when they know. start doing biofield tuning, I say, you know, um, there's something really attractive and comforting about what's familiar. <laughs> Yep. And if you keep holding on to the familiar, then your biofield is just going to revert to its old patterns. <laughs> if you're willing to embrace new possibilities, that's really where the healing lies. Which is what Queen Corona how, is you, how you respond to a session. And that's a key piece of it, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Heidi. So if Someone wants to join your uh, Thriving in a Time of Turmoil and Transformation weekly group sessions. How do they do that? Well, they could just drop me an email. And my email address is HeidiSacredSound at gmail.com. That's Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, Sacred Sound, all one word, at gmail.com. I also have... uh, business Facebook page, which is called Sparkle Frequency Sacred Sound. So you could contact me through that. And if you contact me, I'll send you the basic information and I accept payment through Venmo. So it's it's pretty easy and you can either pay $18 every month or a lot of people find it easier to pay $108 for six months. And it, it's the same amount of money either way. But it's just a little more convenient if you have the flexibility in your finances to do the 108 up front. And again, I'm using the, the numerology of, of Hindu spirituality with the 108 wow. number. And I was initially thinking $20 a month, but then I realized that if you divide 108 by six, you get to 18. So I was like, well, 18 a month or 108 for six months. I like the sound of that. I like the numerology of it. So 
Perfect. So good. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today, Heidi. I loved hearing your story. And I we've been talking together for a few months now. And to be able to hear more depth about your journey was really inspiring. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jillian. And always love talking with you as well. And, and let me just say that if you do sign up for Thriving in a Time of Turmoil and Transformation, what you'll get is you'll receive an email from me every week, usually on Wednesday evening, which will have a link to that video. And it'll also have a brief description of the session. So if you've got a busy week and you don't really have time to listen to that video, you can just take a few moments to consciously intend to receive the session or people usually report having a more powerful experience if they're able to actually listen to the video. And that's what I recommend. It's usually about an hour long. So that's what's involved. And I, I just think at any time, but especially in these times, regular biofield tuning is such a great maintenance tool for keeping ourselves vibrant and healthy. I really think it strengthens the immune system. Um, it helps, I mean, it's not like I don't get depressed or anxious sometimes, but it helps me to overcome those times and to keep bringing myself back to connecting with my own light and light in the world. And it's just, it's, I can't, I can't underscore how valuable that is, especially in these times. And I'm just really happy to be able to offer that at, at an accessible price. Yes. And I don't think you could have made it any easier for us to be able to receive that regular biofield tuning. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. I've been a part of um, Heidi's group sessions and I have to say her sessions are so powerful. And I remember one in particular um, she was doing this session and in that moment, this could be a long story. I'm going to try to make this really short. In that moment, I received a text message from someone um, and I was trying to make a decision at that time and just feeling really, really unclear. And I got the message and complete clarity came through mm -hmm. with the decision. And it was like, it was completely liberating. So that's my testament to <laughs> Well, your work, thank Heidi. you, Jillian. It's always delightful to hear from people how these sessions affects their lives. And I know many people have stories of the profound effect it's had on their lives. And, and I'm one of them. That's why I'm still here doing it. Yeah. Amazing. Any last words of wisdom that you have for the listeners? Oh, I just want to say, may you all navigate your journeys with courage and grace and light. And if there's a way I can assist with that, let's be in touch. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Heidi. You're so welcome. Thank you all for that. listening. All right. Take care, everybody. If you are loving these podcast episodes, this is the time to start applying these tools to your business and your practice. Consider joining the Grow a Thriving Practice coaching program where you can work on these skills with tailored and individualized support. To learn more, visit JillianFaldmo.com. That's Jillian with a J, 
Faldmo, F-A-L-D-M-O dot com. Thank you.